2: The home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. With Ken Laird
3: and Chris Curtis on WEEI. Uh, final show at the Ford Clubhouse Studio of the Year, Curtis, here on the first day of
1: fall. Just brings a tear to your eye. And uh, Vince Vaughn is the celebrity picker for Notre Dame. It pains me to say this, but Rudy may be one of the best football movies ever made. Why does it pain me to say that? Because Notre Dame? Of course it is. It was filmed at halftime. Want a little uh, history? Yes. 1992. Notre Dame and and uh, Lou Holtz ran up the score in BC. I think it was like fifty-two to seven at halftime of that. If you watch Rudy, look in the stands, you'll see BC stuff out there. Wow. The next year was ninety-three. Notre Dame had just beaten number one number one Florida State the week before. All they had to do was beat BC, and they were going back to the national championship. They lose forty-one thirty-nine in large part because of the Tom Coughlin. Uh, hangover after that beat down the year before. Pete Mitchell, Glenn Foley, and David Gordon with a 41-yard field goal. Unbelievable. My first truly great sports memory. Ooh. At, uh, I was not there. I watched it. Oh, oh I thought you were there. No. And South Bend. Well, you're here at the Ford Clubhouse Fenway
3: Studio, brought to you by your New England Ford dealers, celebrating truck month. Defeat any task with the capability and technology of Ford F-Series, America's in stock and best-selling trucks for 46 straight years. Four home games left for the Red Sox. Then that final road swing in Baltimore. They'll be Dunsky. Bruins starting Sunday tomorrow, first preseason game, and the Celtics will be right around the corner. But for the Patriots, it's all on the line. And I don't. Did you guys talk much about the uh, fights in the stands this week? Which we did seems a bit. To be a it, bit of a, the uh, sweeping epidemic.
1: I. I honestly. I know I'm a, a killjoy and all that, but I don't get why anybody in their... The tickets are expensive. People are about, people are spending it. But why you would go to one of these games <laughs> with a family? I don't. I mean, I don't know if you want to go with your buddies, whatever. But the seeing of these, and then these people that are right next to it, just filming it, watching these women. and Like,
3: it always happened. I mean, Red Sox-Yankees games 20 years ago, it happened. Probably at Notre Dame that day. There probably was a fight in the stands. But it's just, it's so, because you can see it so virally and so quickly, it seems like society is coming and glued in front of our face.
1: Well, but... I said that this. plus
3: airplane videos.
1: Right. But when I, I, mean, I used to go to the Notre, uh, the uh, Yankee Sox games, they would happen, but there would be the, the mass of the fans separating. You would see people starting to stand up. People would identify the yep. culprits, yep. and they'd be pulled out and, and mocked as they were yanked away and taken into wherever jail or home, whatever. Now it's like a, a, it's a more sport. Grou- it's
3: more group brawls now. It seems like there's fourth, fifth people in. Women, men, doesn't matter.
1: It's just... A ugly, ugly, ugly reflection tumbling
3: artist. down down the the
1: uh, concourse. And, and yes, it is alcohol related. I mean, as almost everything is. But there's always been alcohol. I, I, it's not just alcohol. There, there is some just misplaced rage, and it's often we saw some this week. It looked like 49er on 49er fan. It right. wasn't. It was hard to tell. That just got wild. It's just a bizarre. You know, I don't. I honestly, we were trying to, you know, brainstorm ways to improve it or remove it. I don't know. I don't have any answers. They're never going to stop selling booze. They sell booze everywhere now. At BC games, they sell booze. That never used to be the case, so that's not going to happen.
3: Well, we got nothing to solve there. Can we go back to Mac Jones and sure. his blame or lack of blame? Eric and Natick would like to talk to you about that. Hello, Eric. Yeah, hi, fellas. How you doing? Uh,
0: Great. Curtis, uh, I just don't understand... And I hear this a lot, why people aren't talking about the fact that Mac has less time to throw than any quarterback in the NFL and has no running game. You were talking about the fact that Brady, you know, had those comebacks when he was very young. Well, he had a line. You know, he had a line. He had a running game. You can't succeed. And I think Jones has been playing awesome with no line in the no running game, right? You can't succeed without either. So why are you banging on him all the time? He's a great young quarterback. He's, he's very, not a great good. young
1: quarterback. I mean, I'm sorry. I, you I mean, have
0: no idea who he is, Curtis. What do you? How do you he know he's great? What, what has like he done that's year? great, that what Eric? His? What has
1: he done that's great?
0: He has his poise, his decision making. I you know, he had a historical season for a rookie. Right, Pro Bowl selection, got him in the playoff.
1: A, uh, Pro Bowl uh, alternate, and uh,
0: yeah, well, there, okay, was a... that's, there you go, Curtis. Exactly something well, you would say.
1: Well, it's right? a fact, Eric. Just, I mean, do you want to you want to be dishonest to the game, audience, or do you want to be
0: honest? Give him a running game and give them a, a line, and then you're going to eat your words.
1: Okay, Eric. Sorry. I've said that I've said to you very, that, and to the audience good, that, Eric, Eric, this isn't a monologue. We're having a conversation. The the what Mac Jones is is not the problem, nor is he the solution. If you elevate those around him, he will be elevated. This what can he what can he prove to you this year? Like, what what do you want to
3: see on the field that will help you pull you towards? He's elevating guys around him.
1: That he rallies those around him when there's adversity, not creating more adversity by reacting poorly to poor coaching. That he is someone that... He's been better at that than last year, you would agree.
3: Right. There has Nowhere to go but up. Right.
1: I mean, he was awful last year at that. He was bad, but they treated him horribly. (laughs) To say that he's a great player is so mind-bogglingly stupid. I mean, he may end up being a great player. I don't know. A great player is Patrick Mahomes. That's what a great player is. Patrick Mahomes, who's his running game? He just <laughs> yeah. lost his left tackle to the Bengals. They're they're moving up. They lost Tyreek Hill. They lost Orlando Brown Jr. They, they 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 don't have much of a running game. He's a brilliant player. Is, is Tua a great player? No, he's okay, elevated fair. by those around him. Of course, Tua's is not a great player. Jalen Hurts, great player? No, very good.
3: Could be great. Fair then. I mean, if you're if you're going to hold Mahomes to the standard of great,
4: great, right. great
0: means the elite that of the elite. Josh gonna, Allen.
1: Mm, not there yet. Burrow? He's great adjacent. Okay. I mean, he's he's a couple bad calls in that AFC championship away from being great. I mean, he's been to a Super Bowl. I, he's very good. I mean, to me, great are people you're going to tell your kids about, your grandkids. You know, there's not a lot of great, in my book, there's not a lot of great, truly great players. Yeah, Shohei's great. You know, uh, whoever the guy that everybody's now obsessed about may not be. Yamamoto. Right. But... Mac Island is reserved for people who don't think it's time to bail on him. I don't think you quit on Mac Jones today. Now, at the end of the season, if they're so bad that they're eligible for Caleb Williams after three years of Mac, I take Caleb over Mac. And you could trade Mac in that scenario. But 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 I don't get why people are so quick to want to say somebody's great. Yeah. I mean,
3: he's not even close to great. Well, it's an overreaction to people. Like it is, I, I get get the same emotions when I hear Shine. And to a lesser extent, Wiggy. Pick apart Mac. You know, you you want to defend the guy because you, what you are seeing is not enough around him to properly evaluate. And they're going off all they have to go on right now. It's it's a talk show, as you say. You've got to react to what you see in the moment. So he's not great. He's also not horrible. He's somewhere in the middle. I know that's you know that's not going to move the needle much, but that's the reality. So I can see why people would pick up the phone and call in and say, "You have no idea what he is, and you are going to defend him." and react and say he's a great player offhandedly but i think we know that mac has got some capability he's got some ability he's not a total bust zappy i think we're out on yeah saw him for two games well the nfl's out on him. yeah so there's potentially something there but you just want to see more out of it yeah
1: i mean i tyler hunley was a was a pro bowler last year geno smith Derek Carr. I mean, the Pro Bowl is not nearly what it used to be. I mean, in 2019, let's go through these. I mean, it's Ryan Tannehill, a Pro Bowler. I mean, come on. I don't get why people are also enraged. Like, if he is great, he'll be great. Great doesn't need help. Great is someone that transcends issues around them and lifts people on his back. Back to Otani, by the way. Yeah. So Devers, they gave the big money to
3: this offseason. I would say he's not had a great year. Even last night, I was watching some of the game and continues to flounder a bit at third. Pretty good offensive season, not great. Any chance to unload and free- clear the deck for money? They'd consider moving Devers to bring Otani in and put him at
1: DH. But why would they have to? I mean, what are they worried about finances for?
3: No, no, I know, I know, and I knew that would be your answer.
1: But put, let's assume they feel like financially they are restricted. C- can I just tell you something right now? I don't think Shohei Ohtani makes sense for the baseball team. But that's what
3: I mean. It makes more sense if Devers is not here because no. he's projecting as a DH.
1: But I, I'm telling you, Shohei Ohtani, I don't think is going to be a great pitcher again in Major League Baseball. So, Even if he's just a hitter, he's a good hitter. $50 million a year for just a hitter? No, probably not. But he'll pitch again. I don't, I don't think he will. I don't think he'll be great. I don't think I don't. he'll ever pitch again. I, I think that, that, that all pitch in 2025 is something you say when you're in a free agent year, and you want people to still remember the fact that you're a great pitcher. Yeah, could be. Either way, though, the guy would
3: be a newsmaker for a team that needs one. And Lou Maloney has basically said he's not a fit currently. You do have to sort of rearrange the team to make him fit and make him your star signature centerpiece.
1: My approach to the Red Sox hot stove season is – I'm going to react to what they do. I'm not going to react to rumors because I don't trust anything I hear about
3: them. It's going to be slow, too. Baseball offseason has become slow. Nothing happens till January, yep, February.
1: Just in time for them to speed up the game, they slow down the offseason.
3: All right, 617-779-7937. BC coming up on the AM at 3 o'clock in Louisville this afternoon. College football has already started for the day. Your big game of the day is?
1: Had uh, to pick one. Ohio State-Notre Dame. Over Colorado. Over the hype. Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a college football historian, so I love the uh, the the scarlet and gray against the the uh, the golden helmets of Notre Dame.
3: And don't you want to watch Marvin Harrison Jr. now that you know he could be the
1: next Patriots great? Wide I hate receiver? to break it to you, I watched Marvin Harrison Jr. all last year. Yeah, but now
3: in the spotlight against the elite competition. I watched him in the. This is the All 22 crew type of game. You want to break down how he's getting off the line of scrimmage? You know, I'm really interested in pad level. I know. So is Stiz. That's why he's trending. <laughs> Now, here's What's
2: Trending on WEEI.
5: The Red Sox beat the White Sox last night 3-2 at Fenway Park. Chris Sale went five innings, had seven strikeouts. Masataka Yoshida had an RBI single, which led to Devers bringing in the winning run in the bottom of the eighth. The two teams will run it back today for the second of the three-game series. First pitch at 4-10. Nick Pavetta will take the mound for your Boston Red Sox. He will be facing Dylan Cease for Chicago. Will Fleming and Joe Castiglione will have the call for you right here on the Shaw's and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network. Shaw's perfecting the art of fresh. Cooper Boardman will get you ready for the game starting at 310 with the Mass MassMutual pregame show, Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. The Patriots continue to get ready for their Week 3 tilt against the Jets down at MetLife Stadium, kickoff Sunday at 1 p.m. The Pats have five players listed as questionable, including Mike Onwenu with an ankle, Cole Strange with a knee, city Sal with a concussion, Christian Barmore with a knee, and Jonathan Jones with an ankle. Cornerback Marcus Jones is on the injured reserve list after suffering a shoulder injury during last weekend's home loss to the Dolphins. The Pats have also signed Bengals uh, backup quarterback Will Greer to their 53-man roster. It is likely that Greer will be the number three QB behind Bailey Zappi. And a couple great college football games to watch today. Curtis's BC Eagles is at Louisville. You can catch that right here on WEEI 850 AM. That starts at 3:30. Number four, Florida State is at Clemson. Number 19, Colorado at number 10, Oregon. Number 15, Ole Miss at number 13, Alabama. And number six, Ohio State at number nine, Notre Dame. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Ken and Curtis after this.
2: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: Get Boston Sports Original on the go
2: wherever you go.
0: Just download the Odyssey app.
2: We're right back to it. Ken and Curtis on WEI.com.
0: At
3: the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio, it is the Ken and Curtis Show, brought to you by your New England Ford Dealers, celebrating Truck Month. Defeat any task with the capability and technology of Ford F Series, America's in-stock and best-selling trucks for forty-six straight years. Curtis, we are joined by John Lyons, New England Football Journal at All Wei Weekend host. He'll be up with KJ from one until three ten up until Sox pregame. Hello, John. What's
4: going on, guys? Good to see you.
3: Sporting the old Pat Patriot Blue uh, logo. Uh,
1: Ball cap there. I I know if if the Patriots lose tomorrow, they've had Brady return and Pat Patriot. What's the next gimmick? Are they going to do Barbie night? How how are they going to get that thing? (laughs) Can they get
4: Randy Moss back? That'd be cool.
1: (laughs) That would be good.
4: Yeah, I'd be fine. I mean, isn't he in that commercial where he comes out of retirement now? Like,
1: oh, the Lay's potato chip. Yeah, like might
4: be okay if they got him back.
1: Yeah, I I feel like the um, it is going to be a very interesting. uh, Who I mean. To go from Brady to Kenny Chesney was just such a microcosm of this year, like
4: <laughs> especially with Rodney Harrison in the building that night for Sunday Night Football, right. like you could
1: or even get, get Devon in from from NBC to get out of the studio and go up to uh, Foxborough. Taking mean, Matt Castle, I mean,
5: I
4: mean, yeah,
1: I mean, I would have taken. Did you see the the guy that looked the oldest of all the Brady X teammates outside of Ty Law, who looks great, was Daniel Graham. Daniel Graham was back. He looked like 100 years old. Well, get him in there before he keels over then. Oh, Keep it. God. Anyway, but uh, what do you think about tomorrow, John?
4: So, look, I, I was a guy who sat here a couple weeks ago and said they'd beat Miami, so I'm a little skittish. But I think tomorrow – look, this is a Jets team that in two meetings last year sacked Mac Jones 12 times. So that defensive line can get after it. It seems like the Patriots' offensive line will be as close to full strength as we've seen. So I do like the Patriots in this game, but I think it's going to be similar to – the last couple of years where it's kind of that rock fight type game. I mean, last year, the first time around, they won 22, 17 and Zach Wilson, I think threw three picks right. that was, could have been a jets win. And we know what happened the second time with the walk off punt return. So I think it's a fight, but I do think they win. I don't think, uh, as you guys were talking earlier, I don't think we see zero and eight, I don't think we see zero and four, but I think they get their first win tomorrow in a, in a bit of a fight though.
1: Yeah. I, I, one other thing that we I know last year is an anomaly when it comes to the offense because of who was coaching it, but in neither one of those games, I mean, the it was week eight. Wow, it felt earlier in the year last year. The the game in the Meadowlands that followed the Monday night debacle against the Bears, and in the first half of that game was the pick six that was called back right before halftime, and then the Patriots scored. A, they had a, a score at the end of half, and they took the lead in the fourth quarter in the third quarter, but. That was a throwaway from being a two-touchdown deficit to conclude yeah. the first half. Yeah. And the Jets' defense is as good, if not better, than it was last year.
4: Yeah, you make a great – I mean, that defensive line is probably the second-best one they'll face all season behind Philly. And then the linebacking core with what Quincy Williams, like they're really Mosley. good. C.J. Mosley's a stud and that secondary now. Sauce Gardner's rookie of the year, but I think beyond that, they're really – I mean, we saw them force Josh Allen – into three interceptions, five sacks, and a fumble. And I know Dallas, things didn't go as well there, but the Cowboys also might be the most top-end talented team in the league, or at least one of those three. And I think Zach Wilson was also putting the Jets' defense in some bad situations against the Cowboys. So this defense is, I mean, it goes without saying, but they're legit. I mean, they're one of the best the Patriots will face.
3: In in the 10-7 and year, max rookie year, with Patricia as the play caller, uh, or sorry, McDaniels as the play caller, they had pretty much the same offense, right? I mean, I'm trying to think back to two years ago. Outside of, like, Nikhil Harry was here, they had Gunnar Olszewski. It's it's the same group, and Jacoby Myers, obviously. It's kind of the same group that Mac's working with. So is this more of a Bill O'Brien problem than we're leaning on for a couple
4: weeks? It's tough for me, because, like, I look at, and I'm not saying he's had every call, right? There's, like, that screen to Smith-Schuster on, like, I think the third down the other night. I'm like, what are you, like, what are you doing? But... When your offensive line is getting pushed back every play, but I, I did, mean, they did have Shaq Mason. Then. Like that's that's tough to I recover. Think, yeah, right? Shaq Mason, I think was and
3: win, but nobody liked win.
4: Yeah, I still don't. But uh, when your offensive line is getting pushed back every play, it's tough. And now they're in a situation where their offensive line, which when I think fully healthy, can actually be a decent unit. It's obviously not fully healthy, and they're not playing well. But who's getting open in this offense right now? And I'm not telling you their weapons blow and it's that big discussion we always have. But, I mean, think about it. Every time they went to a Super Bowl with Tom Brady, they had at least one guy who was an A or A-plus level weapon outside of Brady. Every single time. And they don't have that now. They haven't had that Really, probably since Edelman retired.
1: I don't know if the Patriots had an A-plus in 03 and 04. Okay,
4: Deion Branch won the Super Bowl MVP in 04. He Corey not, Dillon set the team rushing record that year. Branch, the year before, could have won the Super Bowl MVP. Deion Branch in 2003 even, was
1: not an A. They, they even, had Antoine Smith and Deion Branch.
4: Even 2001. Right? Troy Brown had 101 catches and Antoine Smith ran for 1,000 yards. Like every time. But those are bets.
1: A plus is like, you know, you're talking about a guy like, you know, two, like Waddle or a guy like Tyreek Hill. The
4: best tight end ever. For the second half of the but, dynasty. Right, but Edelman's the first three years, MVP. they didn't have an A-plus guy. I think Corey Dillon was an A-plus guy, and I think Branch by 4 was. Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean Deion like, Branch was a free agent. He got, what, $6 million a year? He wasn't anywhere. And
4: the NFL was also different then. Like, I understand what you're saying, but they still had a guy that defenses were like, oh, we have to worry about Corey Dillon. Or, hey, we have to worry about Deion Branch. I don't know if they have – again, I don't think the guys stink. Like, I think Henry's a good player. I think Kendrick Bourne, notwithstanding that ball hitting off his arm the other night on the deep pass – is a good player, but I just don't see them having a guy that's like, oh, we have to worry about this. Yeah,
1: I think what you're right about is in 2019, the best to ever do it was very similar to Mac in his first full year here with with, with Josh, with the same weapons that Brady had, by and large. And to expect this offense to be much better than it's been, given the weaponry that they have, is to ask too much of either Bill O'Brien or Mac Jones. And... We talked a lot about, you know, Max comments on with Jones and Mega were 20 yards away from 2 and 0. I think they're retaining Jacoby Myers and not signing Juju smith schuster from at least at least being one and one. Yeah, could be that. Juju has been so like just such a nothing. Yeah. And maybe even a detriment to the offense because you feel like you have to, you know, at least give him an opportunity, but he has been slow. He has been – I mean, you're right. That screen call was awful. I mean, he has been – a. I mean, not even a nothing burger. He's been a detriment.
4: But another guy, too. You don't think this offense could use Ted Karras, like playing well for Cincinnati on the offensive line, reasonably right. affordable guy? You don't think this offense could use Joe Tooney, too? Like, And I understand they – I think Mike Onwen, who's a great player, when healthy, and I know Strange was a first-round pick, but you had some good offensive line depth pieces that you also let walk out the door. And I know Tooney got a big deal – but, but the didn't break.
1: tuny Tooney thing will never. McKenna and I both, we actually, one of the rare things we agreed on, <laughs> the 2020 franchise tag of Joe Tooney made a waste. zero sense. You paid him at the top of the market when you could have given him a four year deal, guaranteed that as part of the money, spread it out, instead of giving him all that money on a team you knew was going to do nothing.
4: Yeah, and it was interesting that you give him the. Fr- like, when they put the franchise tag on him, my first thought was, okay, maybe they're doing this to extend him or. They're going to do this and try to trade him, get you know a third-round pick, fourth-round pick, whatever, back. And then they just played it out with him. That was, that was
3: a fear of Brady embarrassing us slash Bill get to Shula's record quicker band-aid, one-year band-aid. But it didn't accomplish but dumb, anything. But
4: dumb. yeah. I mean, it, and I think, look, this is an offense that I think is going to be a lot better than they've shown the first two weeks. I really do. But at the same time, I think we're seeing there's a ceiling there. Like, with the lack of a high-end offensive line and the lack of any high-end weapons in the passing game, I think we're, there's going to be a ceiling. Like, I think this offense is ceiling. Can they be the 12th or 13th best offense in the league? And if they can be, you can be a pretty good team. But I think this is, they've shown in the first two weeks, and I'm not saying we thought they were going to be this, but they've shown it's not a top-seven offense that they're ceiling. It's not a top-ten offense that they're I just I think those are two areas that are kind of glaring that are holding them back from being that.
3: They're missing elite weapons. They're also missing elite rivals. Like, sucks that Rogers got hurt. This game would have been much anticipated. Bill v Rogers. Is the Jets Patriots game even like? Is there any buzz left? I mean, would he beat a team fourteen in a row? Is not much there. It's tough. Is I, it, it like who is their rivalry right now? Is it the Bills? I, I think it's Bill
1: versus Robert. Yes, <laughs> it's That's, tough. You're right.
4: I, the thing about rivalries to me, and like you can say traditionally, like the Jets always have been, but. To have a good rival, you generally have to be good, and I hate to say that, but like you made the playoffs two years ago, but you've had two losing seasons on either side of it. You're you know zero two right now. It's tough for me. Like you look at all the years. Okay, Brady Manning, Pats, Jets, all that. They were good every year. So teams are coming after them. I mean, we're sitting at Fenway Park right now. Red Sox Yankees is a lot different when both teams are good as opposed to not good like this year. So. Uh, look, is the Jets still a rival? Sure. Is Miami a rival? Sure. Buffalo? Yes. But is it the same? Like, what's the most anticipated game left on the schedule?
1: Assuming uh, the
3: Patriots win a few and get back in it.
1: Most anticipated game left? I mean, for, for storylines, it might be the Vegas game because of Josh and, and Jimmy G. Chiefs uh, Monday night? Uh, Monday
4: night or against the Chiefs, maybe. But for, I mean, they're going to get their, their
3: doors blown off. I, maybe, maybe Bill's top five defense trying to shut down Mahomes for a
1: half. Yeah, yeah I, it's great. I, I mean, I mean the Dolph- maybe
4: the Cowboys because they're the Cowboys. Right. But-
1: I mean, the Dolphins would be, but when you're 0-5 against their quarterback, that's not exactly a rivalry. Right, right. right. And yeah. you- I mean, it's the NFL we watch every week. Uh, most Patriots fans will tune in, even
3: if they're stinking or a five-win team this year. But it's just missing that pizzazz of the team with the great quarterback. Rodgers would have helped that.
1: He they're, they, they're one win in the last two games to open the year from having a really interesting season that's really what it was because you're two and one then going into Dallas. Then it's a, you know, house money kind of game before you have the saints and you're going to be above water or slightly, you know, at it. And now it's, Tomorrow's going to tell us not much if they win in a. We spent an hour talking Caleb Williams on the show today. I mean, I heard that. Yes,
4: Caleb Williams (laughs) stock is rising. Here we go. I'm already getting my draft covered.
1: I know uh, people in Boston really all into the draft talk in September. Unfortunately, that's our new world. But I do think it's an interesting story now, just because uh, it
3: it makes you it forces you to examine how you feel about Mac and Bill to a lesser extent about the future of the team, how long you're going to stick with those guys. They probably will pick up the 50-year option, right?
4: Yeah, I think cost, it's crazy to me. I'm curious to your guys' thoughts. I know you've talked a little bit about it, but I, I think Max actually played pretty well so far this year considering what's around. I mean, look, the two interceptions were terrible, and I thought that interception Sunday night might have been the single worst play the Patriots have made so far this season. But I come away from these games thinking, you know, Max's not playing that poorly. He's playing all right, but... The offensive line getting pushed back every play. Guys aren't getting open. Like it's it's tough for me to say, oh Mac is the problem, but also at the same time, wh- he's had three drives in the first two games to tie or take the lead in the fourth quarter, and they're zero for three in those drives. Like I think that's a fair criticism too. But I don't know. I walk away from this thinking I feel better about Mac than I did last year, but they're still zero and two. It's kind of a weird spot, I guess. Yeah, be, yeah. I, I
1: actually I, I take a different approach in that the Patriots offense has moved the ball when the defenses have allowed them to move the ball. In other words, in when you're down two scores in the fourth quarter, the Eagles or the, the dolphins are just knowing that you don't have a deep threat, which isn't max fault. So just paper cut us to death, take up four minutes of the play clock, and then we'll get the ball and we'll run it out. The Eagles were unable to, to get the fourth down and, the Dolphins, you know, Mostert runs it in for a touchdown. And then the Patriots on fourth and eight throw a seven-yard pass to Gasecki because the offensive line can't hold up. And they, you know, the lateral to strange fails and they lose the game. But what Christian, I noted this earlier, John, in the show, that Christian Fourier, uh, on, uh, Fourier on Tuesday had a really good take on this from his experience, which is every team that he's been on that hasn't been good says everything this Patriots team has been saying, which is we're close. I mean the NFL is designed to be close. Everything about it is offensive and designed for parity. And the Patriots were able, were able to escape the parity for a very long time, but now they're knee deep in it. And that's kind they of They are
3: the best 0 and 2 team in football though. I mean, print the billboard.
4: Sometimes it's tough too, and this is true in a lot of sports, but the NFL like sometimes being not good enough is worse than being bad. In a way, and it feels like right now they're just not quite good enough. And I think over time for a locker room, that just gets so frustrating. And on top of, you know, close loss after close loss, oh, if we made this play, because my biggest takeaway from these first two games is they their mistakes are what cost them two wins. It's not like the Eagles obviously are a great team. I think Miami is a very good team, maybe great by the end of the year, but it was the Patriots' mistakes above anything the Mistakes cost? and depth, and depth. Can, and I mean, think depth. Yeah.
3: Like, can we go back to the Trent Brown thing for a minute? the 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 money, the contract this week is so weird. Is it possible he didn't play a week based on salary complaints? Wow, that's it a just it Andy just, Hart take right there. Well, <laughs> it just it's the way that it. The way the optics look, and they could have theoretically won a game if he had been in there as opposed to not being in there.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think. It's tough because it's concussion, and that's such a hot button issue in the NFL, and that is so closely scrutinized. Like if it was a hamstring, I might say, well, maybe he just didn't want to be out there for it." But a concussion, in like I fact just, they would admit to a concussion.
1: That never yeah, happens. Yeah, and he all played the more reason. Re- so interesting weird. Like interesting yeah. to note that Mike Reese across the street reported this week that he felt optimistic about Trent Brown. I think this was on Tuesday because he had seen him. Around the facility, which is not something you do when guys are in concussion protocol, and I'm with you a thousand percent. I they wanted something that they didn't have to cover up. That this was what, and that you know what the concussion is all based upon the reporting of the athlete. So you can't diagnose it like, oh, that's a sprained ligament in your leg. I mean, you, I mean he could theoretically fail a neurological test, I guess. Right, right. But, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you, you can do that, and then you have a concussion, and you don't have to play. I mean, the fact that he's back um, right after he gets paid. <laughs> it, I mean, just, it just seems a little.
4: The timing does look. It raises your eyebrows. It it's a little too sure. nice. I, Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same thing Matthew Judon in training camp. Gets paid. All of a sudden, he's a full participant in practice. Right. And, and I know part of that is a lot of teams do that, and that's the NFL. But that, to me, is like, I know they're 0-2, and that's the biggest story. But when things like that happen, that kind of makes me uncomfortable about, like, what's going on. Like, I feel like that's something for 20 years – we would look at other teams and say, oh, right. they just got to pay their guys to show up.
1: Well, I said this earlier in the show. The Patriots, for two decades, got guys to take less to stay here. Now they have to pay guys just to get on the field. Yep. And Judon, by the way, sneaky stat accumulator. Like, I, he feels eh, like he'll, he has a couple sacks already. Yep. But they, I don't find him as a guy that is making massive plays in crunch time of big games. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. But if he really wants to be talked about as Defensive Player of the Year material, he's nowhere... Like, T.J. Watt is a guy that you see. And he's always... You know, uh, Bosa. Then it was Hightower last... uh, In their win
3: Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the fact that Gonzalez is there and Duggar, I feel like they have three sort of not great, but leaning great. They have they're starting to accumulate some really good defensive players across the board. That's, yeah, a good, think, that's good news.
4: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Judon. I thought Judon was great in week one. I thought week two, you're right. He was a little quiet, and maybe they devoted more resources to blocking him. But the guy that I'm kind of still waiting on here is Christian Barmore. And I was a huge fan of that draft pick. I thought in his rookie year he really flashed. But this is a defense that if Christian Barmore is playing well, you can go to a, another level there because you have Judon and Uche on the edges, who are pretty good pass rushers. Obviously, Judon, I think, is probably great when healthy. But if you have someone pushing the pocket up the middle, and then you mentioned Gonzalez, who right now, pro football focus has him as the fourth highest graded corner in the whole NFL through two weeks. I know it's only two weeks, but pretty impressive play. Duggar, I think, is a great player. Jonathan Jones will be healthy. And we've looked at Keon White week one. He did a really good job. But they haven't really, to me, had that guy pushing the pocket up the middle yet. And I think that would make a huge difference, especially a guy like Zach Wilson, who's timid to begin with in the pocket. I'm just waiting for Christian Barrymore to step up. And we just, through two weeks, I feel like we haven't really seen that yet.
3: One more question for you guys when we come back about the Caleb Williams fantasy, if that's what it is at this point. Because, um, you know. I don't know. Who would finish worse than them? Arizona's going to tank at the
1: this Patriots, point. The Patriots? They're going to get six <clears throat> wins. I mean, I don't think they're going to go 9-8, and eight, but they're going to be 6-11. and 11. Okay, they're, so, they're not going to be at the bottom so of the So track.
3: pretty much no chance. But in the – and there, by the way, there's a couple other quarterbacks out there too. I don't know, like – Drake May. May. I don't know if he's going to start Sanders. to build buzz. Yeah, right. If they're in the market for a quarterback, I have another question about that. When we return, it's the Kenny Carter Show from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio. John Lyons with us as well. We're back. Ken and Curtis on WEEI.
0: Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime.
3: Kenny Curtis Show at Fenway at the Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio. KJ and Lions coming up at one. All right, so John Lyons with us here for the final segment here, a little crossover. Four quarterbacks. Just going from uh, this is a USA Today list. Top four quarterbacks of the 2024 draft class right now. Caleb Williams, Curtis, obviously number one. You think best prospect since? Trevor Lawrence. Luck? Better than Lawrence? Worse than Lawrence? I in would that, just in say, that class. In that
1: class of Trevor Lawrence.
3: All right. The Colorado hype is outrageous, but Shooter Sanders looks like a pretty legit prospect and probably will go top five at this point, right?
1: Yep. They always go higher than they are right now, so just think of them
3: top five. Drake May, North Carolina, was known last year. This is his second year. I don't know how he'll finish the year. And then uh, the Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. is up there as well. So you may have three, I don't know, four quarterbacks in the top ten. right? Are you a Meyer or a Bledsoe guy? <laughs> Rick Meyer. Loved Rick Meyer. So Another Notre Dame failure. Let's say the Patriots are average, below average. The last two times they started 0-3, they won By the way, teams.
1: you can make the argument there's been more talented BC quarterbacks in the NFL than there have been Notre Dame. I mean, who's been the best Notre Dame quarterback in the NFL? Ian Book. Book. Sucks. Brady Quinn sucked. <laughs> Jimmy Clausen sucks. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, carry on. All right, so if the Patriots
3: are in that position, not only would they take him, would you keep Mac for the last two years of his deal? Would Bill keep Mac for the last two years of his deal while grooming this next quarterback along? It would number one buy him some time with the fan
1: base and little gravitas. I don't think it makes sense to pay Mac Jones twenty plus million dollars. And have the guy in waiting. I mean, so if they're getting, but you the num- said yourself, Peyton didn't win until year what four? Ken, I mean, if if you're in position to take the number one pick or number two pick in the draft, yep, then you're you're not going to be winning next year. And Max, clearly not the guy. So why would you keep him?
3: But you you bring him
1: along like Rodgers,
3: you know. You you take it slow. You wait until year two or three to
4: hand him the keys. I think Caleb Williams is like if you're if you have the number one overall pick and you can take Caleb Williams, fine. Those other guys, like I, you're better off taking Marvin Harrison Jr. and putting him around Mac or something like. Do what they did in 2012 when they got Chandler Jones and Dont'a Hightower and actually traded up twice in the first round. Like I think you're better. Like I think Caleb Williams is like legit, like real deal. The other guys, I mean. Look at this. Tw- I know you guys kind of mentioned it, like the 2021 QB draft. Like we looked at that as, oh, my God, this is amazing. One guy's already been traded. Another guy's only starting because Aaron Rodgers got hurt. A third guy's feuding with his coaches publicly, not Mac Jones, Justin Fields. And the fourth guy in Mac, we're still not. We're sitting here talking about Caleb Williams. So it's I to me, Caleb Williams is different. The other guys, I, you're the other guys around. you'd be taking a flyer on. But isn't it worth
3: taking a flyer at that position more so than having Bill reach for a receiver who, Curtis, you don't think he's going to
1: ever take a receiver that's any good? Okay, but if if you are that bad this year and you're keeping Mac Jones, you need a lot more things than you need a quarterback to get back into contention. So you need to take Marvin Harris. If, if, you, if this is what you're saying and you're going to keep Mac Jones, yep. I would keep Mac Jones and take Marvin Harrison Jr. And build up Mac that way than spending all that capital on a guy that may not see the field for two years
4: and the tough thing too is like we can say oh if they have the number one pick they'll get they are there's so many teams not so many but there are several teams they're gonna be really bad this year like, Arizona's going to be awful. We'll see what the Giants look pretty bad so far despite their win in Week 2. Like, what if Denver keeps losing and they want to replace Russell Wilson? I mean, Sh- Sean Payton with a guy like Caleb Williams or Drake May? I mean, that's pretty interesting. It's the Rams. Like, what if the Rams, I don't think they're going to be very good. This. Like, The problem is you start stacking teams in front of you that are bad, that need quarterback upgrades. I just don't really see a path. Even if they won seven games, that's not going to get you a top five pick in a quarter. Not but even They won close. six. And I I want to correct
1: the record here, the three Notre Dame fans that listen to our show. I meant in my lifetime. Yeah, obviously, overlooking Montana. Because I begin with Glenn Foley, had a better NFL career than Ian Book did. Matt Ryan was a Super Bowl uh, loser and MVP winner. Nobody at Notre Dame in that. Everything at Notre Dame was when (laughs) nobody is even alive today. Notre Dame hasn't won a championship in 30-plus years.
4: I can't wait till when KJ and I between 1 and 3 get the caller that says, like, yeah, they're going to get Caleb Williams and bring Lincoln Riley with him and reset it all. Right. Like,
3: to get Caleb Williams, you got to win
4: one game this year. But that's what year. I'm maybe saying. These two. other
3: guys are more realistic. And if it's yeah. Sanders, with all the hype in the year of Dion, maybe you can get a deep package deal. Why don't you just make Dion your head coach? and bring Sanders in.
4: I just, and I'm not against, like, look, that 98-yard drive he had the other night was fantastic. I just think this, like, again, it goes back to what I said last segment. I don't think Mac's playing bad. Like, I think he's just got an offensive line that's getting pushed back every snap, and he's got receivers and tight ends that are struggling to get... So offenses.
3: great, give him two more years. He's like, affordable, even if he's $20 million in the option year. It's a reasonable amount for a starting quarterback. The other guy is a good backup. You groom him properly. Bill O'Brien works with him. He's a finished product when he takes over. And then you've got your guy, and if he stinks, no harm, no foul. Then you sign Mac.
4: I but are you gonna spend a top fifteen pick on a yes. guy On a quarterback, yes. I'm, Everybody
3: says but you then, can't win without a quarterback. But if you're so gonna do keep that, taking quarterbacks if until you're you do find that, one. Then
4: right. why even have Mac play for two years? Like right. if
1: like if you Because if you they say, they're always crazy. bad as rookies. Look at like, Trevor Lawrence, rookie year. Overwhelmed. Yeah. Not I was many. with Urban Meyer too. Like that right. I think. Well you never mentioned that problem. when it comes to him, but you talk about the coaches all the time. Caveat. But anyway, the the like, Where we are today, we have to mention this before the end. We had one person bring it up earlier. I think it was Cadillac. 22 years ago today, yes, you could make the argument was the most consequential day in the history of Boston sports. <laughs> I don't be, I, I, that, that is not an understa- overstatement because we sucked. My, my, I was born in February of 1984. I don't remember Larry Bird other than lying on the sideline. In the 90s, we sucked at everything. And then in 2001, on September 23rd, as we return to football after the horrible events of September 11th, Mo Lewis knocks out Drew Bledsoe, and thus began the greatest two decades any city has ever had at any time.
3: Yeah, but where were you in 56 on the draft day trade for Russell?
1: Good point. I was at—I uh, would think I was at the force that day.
4: Most <laughs> consequential injury, at least, right? I'd say the Drew Bledsoe injury. Definitely the most consequential. This should be not just a you know, Boston holiday. This should be an American holiday. I mean, Tom Brady takes over. Right. They lose ten to three, but then you know they go on a run, win the Super Bowl, win five more. This is this is a holiday. This should be a true holiday. It
1: right. really is.
3: Well, you enjoy that, Curtis, while you're watching college football today, bask in the Patriots'
1: anniversary. 21, 17 I think it's even I think it's more lopsided. I'm going to take the over. 24 7.
3: 24 7 pats tomorrow. Oof. Zach Wilson's
1: a disaster.
3: Especially in the rain. The ball's slipping everywhere. 24 13.
1: I like Wilson it. will give like you a couple. And I hope Ohio State wins 45 to 10 tonight. F Notre Dame. Let's go, Buckeyes. <laughs> All right, Stez, so great job. KJ
3: and Lions will have you for the next two hours plus. Get in line for them. 617-779-7937 right here on WEI.